Hello to everyone. May God bless you. Receive a brotherly hug in the love of the Lord. Today, this teaching is titled, God is Faithful. The question that we would ask ourselves is, and are you with God? Are we faithful with God? The Bible states, let us open our Bibles in Genesis chapter 17. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, it reads, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. God, for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, if you are a newcomer, know that God has always spoken and He is the same yesterday, today, and for the future, forever. And God has always wanted to speak to human beings, to guide them. And God said, And I will make my covenant between me and you, in verse 2, He said to Abraham, And I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham, verse 3, fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Imagine this great blessing. And Abraham didn't have any children, but Abraham believed God because the word of God is faithful because God fulfills his promises and God is loyal, faithful. Because remember, God is faithful. And Abraham believed God. He had that faith, that conviction and that promise that he would be the father of many nations. And if we notice, God fulfilled that promise. He gave him my son, Isaac. And Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob became the father of a great nation. A nation that grew. A nation, a people that God wanted to be his special treasure. A special people over all the other nations. And God wanted that people to be so special that He began to give them ordinances, statutes, decrees. And through these great patriarchs, such as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob was later called Israel. God in order for them to be part of that people of God, that physical people, he just asked them to circumcise their foreskin. And Jacob begot 12 children of 12 tribes of Israel. This is a very quick historical account that I'm doing of the Bible. But remember, it is important to read the Bible. 
It has a beginning, Genesis, and then the last book, Revelation. And right now I'm just giving you a summary, a historical recount from Genesis when God said to Isaac and showed him his power and his support because God loved Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob, let's call him Israel. God also changed his name and he called him Israel. He had his youngest son, Joseph, and out of because of the jealousy of his brothers, he was sold as a slave and he lived in Egypt, a land filled with paganism. Paganism means that they worship images of animals, of men, of beings, and they offer a service to them. That is paganism. And that's where Joseph lived as a slave. But God, who has always loved his children, his people, remember his special treasure, to put him in a very high place. And he, God made him the second after Pharaoh. And God supported Joseph greatly. And the Bible states that a famine came and his brothers came, they and his father, and they lived there in Egypt. Pharaoh died, Joseph then died, and this people began to mix the people of Israel, his special treasure, where God had told them, be careful, don't make anything to be with me, gods of silver or gods, don't bow before them because I am spirit and truth. That's how God would speak to them in Exodus, for example, in chapter 20. But these people started to contaminate themselves with that pagan people or nation, and they began to be slaves of the Egyptians. And they lasted 430 years in this state, and after 430 years of being slaves, they cried out to God and they said, and where is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob? Where is that powerful, mighty God? And God sent them a Savior, Moses. And Moses, he came and God began to speak to him. He made him a calling when... There was a bush that was burning with fire but was not consumed. And God spoke to Moses from this bush and told him, You will lead my people out of this slavery and you will lead them to the land of Canaan, a land that flows milk and honey. And in that place, you will lead my people to that place. And Moses said, But how am I going to do this? How can I make my people believe? For them, how do I make them follow me? And since God's word is faithful, because God is faithful, He said, I will give you power. And if we read, for example, He says, God asked them, what do you have in your hand? God asked Moses, and He said, a rod. He said, cast it on the ground. And then it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it, the Bible states, and God said, take it by the tail. 
and it became erotic again. He said, put your hand in your bosom. And when he took it out, it was sick. That hand was sick. And God told him, put your hand in your bosom again because it was leprous. He said, put him in your bosom again. And then he took it out and it was healed. And God told him, look, I am with you. I will give you power. And my people, they shall believe. And they're going to be victorious. Even though they were a people who were enslaved. Let's try to imagine that. 2,700, 2,800 years. The poverty, the slavery they lived in. How they were mistreated. But God heard the cry of His people. And Moses presents himself before the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh allows Moses to speak to him. In very difficult moments were lived, but forgot to show that he was with Moses. Remember the seven plagues. The last one is when God told them that in order for them to leave that nation, that the death of every firstborn would come from animals, from the firstborn of the Egyptians. And that's when God orders them to celebrate the Passover and to eat what they could and to cover the doorpost with blood so that whenever the angel, the destroyer, would pass by, there would be no death in the midst of the people of Israel. Because it was God's faithful word and the angel passed by and the firstborn of the Egyptians died of their animals and they were cast off of Egypt. But... God's promise was fulfilled because God is faithful. God had to fulfill His promise. So when they left, they left with jewelry, with livestock. They left as a rich people, even though they were slaves, they left being rich because God has power to change anything. In a moment's notice, and this people left, and God led them to the promised land. But the Bible states that God hardened the hearts of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh comes to try to destroy this people. He comes with his army, his powerful army. Because remember that Egypt was a mighty nation. And they came to try to destroy the special treasure of people, God's people. And they had a natural barrier, the sea, the Red Sea. And what did Moses do? God told him, raise the rod and you shall see my power, my support. And he raised the rod and the sea was opened and the people passed through. And it states that the army also tried to cross the Red Sea that had parted. And the Egyptian army, when it was passing, the waters returned and God destroyed that army. Look at such an extraordinary event. What a, what a magnificent moment that the, that people was able to see, seeing the faithful word of God and the support that he gave to this great patriarch, to Moses. But three days later, these people began to complain. These people began to be ungrateful because that's the nature of human beings. We quickly forget the benefits, the blessings, what we have received. 
and they begin, I would say, to be unfaithful, to complain, to be disloyal with God. And they said to Moses, why did God bring us out here? Out of slavery, so that we could die here? To die here of thirst and hunger? And it states that Moses struck the rod and water came out. God, in order to please his special treasure, allowed manna to come from heaven, bread from heaven. And when this bread from heaven came, it states that time passed by and they said that they were tired of eating manna, the bread from heaven, this great wonder, that great mercy of God, because God had promised them that He would take this nation and protect them and that He would guide them. And if we read the Bible, it states that God would guide them through a pillar day and night. It would shine. But because they were so hard-hearted, look, God took them to Sinai. They reached Mount Horeb and God told Moses, go up there. No one else can come close to this mount. Only you. And God spoke to Moses through a cloud and gave him the Ten Commandments. But he said, look, look what the people is doing. Look at them. They forgot that I am spirit and truth. And when Moses went down, he saw that they had made a golden calf and they were worshiping it. So Moses became sad. And Moses understood that the people, they were unfaithful. That they were not able to be faithful to God, to His commandments. Because God had given a word that He would take the people to the land of Canaan, which flowed milk and honey. And He took them. But instead of allowing them to last maybe a month to get there, I would consider they would only have to walk a month through the wilderness to get there. They lasted 40 years. But why did they last 40 years? Because it was a people that was hard-hearted, stiff-necked, the Bible states. And that's why it states that the following generation came and was able to see that land. But when they reached the promised land, the Philistines, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, they were there and God warned them, be careful. Don't get mixed with them. Destroy them. They have man-made gods. Be careful with mixing with them. Do not take anything from them which is contaminated and destroy everything, men, women, children, everything. Everything they have. And we see how God began to take them through these battles. Remember, back then, those battles were with spears and swords. And we noticed that there were battles of 500 against 5,000 or 1,000 against 10,000. And the people of God prevailed because God had given them a faithful word. A faithful word to Moses. God will tell them, raise your hands, your rod, and you will overcome. It was only His word, God's word, Him being faithful. And it states that 
Moses would raise his rod and they would overcome and they would prevail in those battles. But as soon as he lowered the rod, the other nation would begin to prevail. But once again, he would lift his hand with his rod held high and they would win the battles. Because God wanted them to give him the glory, to honor him, to be obedient to him. And that's why God through the Ten Commandments told them, look, here are these commandments. But since my people have grown, look, these are these statutes, receive these statutes, ordinances, decrees, so that you may live as a community. And He gave them orders, rules, so that they could fulfill them. But when they arrived to the land of Canaan, they had a fight, but they were not obedient. They were not faithful to the orders that God had given them because of their hard heart. They kept the women to themselves, the women from these nations that they had ruled over, and they did not completely fulfill the order God had given them. After some time, they took the women from these people from these nations, took them as slaves, and they began to be intimate with these women. And as time passed by, they began to fall in love with them. And after some time, these women began to bring out their gods, their idols, such as Asherah and Ashtaroth. And they began, this people who knew that God was spirit and truth, they began to worship these gods as well. So God began to speak through His prophets, saying that nations were coming from the east, from the west, who would destroy them. But since God, since His word is faithful, He had made a promise to Abraham that He would be the father of many nations. And God wanted this people to be faithful, loyal to these promises. It states in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. Notice that when Moses was gathered with all the people, he reminded them. He reminded them the words. Because like every human being, we easily forget about things. And Moses had to constantly remind this people, God's special treasure, remind them, look what it states in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. What does that mean? That you are a special people, holy, set aside. Look what else it states after the semicolon. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. Meaning God told them that. You are chosen to God. You are more special than all the other people, no matter how mighty they are, no matter how great they are. We are that special treasure for God. 
But God wants us to be holy. And to be holy means to be set aside for God. And what did they need to do to be holy and set aside for God? They needed to submit to the statutes, orders, decrees that God had established for them. And Moses reminded them of this and told his people. I can imagine he was giving them this speech and saying, and not because we were more in number than any other people. That's not the reason why God chose us. Because we were the least of all peoples. Look what Moses was reminding him of. And it's not that we're so special. It's just that God, the Lord God, has chosen us. It was His will. It says that they were the most insignificant, the smallest of people. But Moses reminded the people, telling them in verse 8, But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. What fathers? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He states, The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And this is what God did with his people. It was with the mighty hand. God fulfilled it with these plays that we read about in the Bible, how God showed that he was more powerful than all the sorcerers that Pharaoh had. Because God is mighty. And when God makes a commitment with someone, he blesses, he fulfills. And he fulfilled that promise to his people. He was fulfilled to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he reminded them, and Moses told them, know, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him. Imagine that. God, He was reminding them that God was faithful. He's telling the people of Israel, be careful. Be careful when we get to the land of Canaan because God is faithful, so be faithful to God. Keep the commandments, orders, decrees in order to see God's mercy because God wanted them to keep His commandments. And they were going to see God's mercy for a thousand generations. But these people, they were unfaithful. They worshipped images such as Ashtaroth and Baal, other gods. So God destroyed these people except that he kept a remnant for himself because God's word is faithful because God knew that through this remnant, such as the prophets announced, a king and savior would come, Christ Jesus. And Christ came. And when Christ came, he announced that God was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that all three are one true God. And he said, this is a faithful word of God. The scriptures speak of me. But all of these Pharisees, all of these teachers of that time, they couldn't understand. Because they could not understand the scriptures. And that's why Christ came to fulfill that law. 
being the son of God, he wanted to understand us as human beings. He wanted to understand why human beings were not faithful to God. And he humbled himself. And he fulfilled the law. And that's why he said, not one was able to keep the law. But I see that it can be done. And that's why he abolished the law. And he bought it at a very high price. He gave his life. Out of love for you and me. And that's why the Lord Jesus of Nazareth, Christ, the Son of God, announced and said, And it is necessary for me to leave so that I can send you the other helper. Another one, just like Christ, who searches the mind and the heart. Another one who would comfort. And that is what Christ used to do in the midst of that nation. The people of Israel, after leaving, living 430 years without prophets. And that's why whenever He would speak, He would captivate them because He would comfort them. When He would speak to them and they had experiences with Him, they, they would see that He searched the mind and the heart. And He was a revolutionary man because He was allowing the good news to be known, the gospel, a new covenant. And that covenant is called the covenant of the Spirit. And since Christ is God, God is that faithful word, and God is faithful. And that's why He said, And when I go to the Father, I will send you the other helper, so that He could be with you. And He would be in charge of guiding you. And He would be in charge of blessing you. And He would be with you. But the most beautiful promise is that He said, and He will be in you. And He gave His life. And He died in Calvary's cross, crucified as the worst criminal of all, so that He could take all of our faults. That was the price that He paid. And He overcome death. And He sent the, the Helper, the Holy Spirit. If you go to Acts it speaks to us about that. How on the day of Pentecost, there were 120 gathered in an upper room and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And the Holy Spirit appeared in a vision, appeared to them divided tongues, and one set upon each of them, and they spoke in tongues. That is the sign of having received the Holy Spirit, to speak in tongues, but angelical tongues. And that is when Peter gives that first speech in which he states, This is what was said by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and they shall dream dreams and see visions. And God fulfilled His word because God's word is faithful. The Father's Word, the Son's Word, the Holy Spirit's Word is faithful because in the end, they are all one true God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One true God. And God fulfilled that promise that He made through Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit began to rule under that new covenant. And now, it also states, and in the Gospels we find, God states 
when he said that he would call a people that was not his people, says Christ. And they shall be called my people. Because now the true Israelite is not the one who circumcises their foreskin, but the one who circumcises their heart. And that is what God does. And since it is a faithful word of God, it states that our hearts will be cleansed through the word of God. And that is what God does in His church. As we inquire of and learn of Him, as we understand and know this gospel, this good news that He exists, that He's real, and that He has a great gift, which is eternal life. And as we know more of Him, we desire to have God baptized with the Holy Spirit. We desire to have eternal life. But God fills our hearts with His things and we stop being a wilderness so that we begin to have our hearts full of water. We begin to bear fruits through that water, that gospel. And that's why if we Translate that verse that we understood, that we just read in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. Nowadays, you and I have the opportunity to be that spiritual Israel. To be holy, to be set aside for God. Just as them. We must keep the ordinances, statutes, decrees because God's word is faithful. But now comes the question are you faithful with God I invite you if you're listening to me I invite you to read the Bible to listen to the teachings the reflections to watch the Bible studies so you can see how that apostle called sister Maria Luisa Piraquive teaches or teaches us all this precious gospel and if you keep it, God will say, he or she is faithful, wants to be holy. And as you put off the old man, meaning the old man who was always enticed to sin, to disobey God. Because that's what sin is, to go against God's will. God wants you to not be rebellious any longer, for you to become a sheep. For you to truly submit to the statutes, ordinances, and decrees that are in the Bible. That are in our hearts. And as you submit to God, God will bless you. God will say, this man, this woman, he or she is faithful to my word. And that's why God begins to speak to us through dreams, visions, prophecy. To discover that God is the one speaking to us. God speaks to us. When you attend church for the first time. God gives us that prophecy and He speaks to us about our past so that you may know that He was there with you in the present to know that He is with you in the future so that you know what blessings are coming for you for each and every one of us. And that is why in the church we testify and that's why you hear all of those testimonies that God spoke, that God spoke to me through dreams or through prophecy and Lately, these last days, we have been receiving that general prophecy that God has been given us through the lips of our leader, our sister Maria Luisa. Through this leader, God has spoken to us, and we have heard great testimonies, miracles, healings, 
that people receive money and groceries. What hasn't God done? Whether you are a long-standing member or you a newcomer, God wants to convince the world that He lives, that He exists. And that is why He has convinced us. And that's why we want to circumcise our hearts and we want to submit to Him. Why? So we can be faithful to Him. And I show it to God that I'm faithful to Him through my actions, through my deeds, with the way I speak, the way I dress, the way I act. By being convinced that He lives, that He exists, and that He is a reality. And that's why God states that as we convert to Him, as He circumcises our hearts, as He sprinkles us with that water, that pure gospel that cleanses us, our minds and our hearts, then virtues are going to come out of you. You're going to bear fruits for God. And God will say, as it states here, after the semicolon in verse 6, The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for Himself, a special treasure. And God wants to call you a son, a daughter. God wants to spoil you. God wants you to see that He exists and that He's a reality. And you will become His special treasure as you become faithful to His Word, as you become loyal to Him. Because God will keep His promises, the ones He makes us through dreams and visions and through that glorious gift of prophecy. Because God wants to guide us even though the entire world is ruled by the enemy, even though the entire world does not want to submit to God, you and I can do it. And that is why, if we read in verse 9, it states, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. And that's what God makes His promises. And we testified that God made a promise to us and God has fulfilled that promise. He fulfilled the promises about my material life, my love life, my spiritual life. God has given me joy. God has given me peace. God has given me hope. And that is why we desire to congregate once again. We can't wait for this pandemic to go away and we're able to congregate as a church in those congregations that we have. And as of right now, the churches are in our homes. And let us make time to praise Him, to meditate on His Word, to read the Bible, to learn to know God even more with each passing day and be able to know and learn what God demands from us. What is the purpose? What the purpose of being faithful to God? Because He is faithful to His promises. He fulfills those promises. He does it. As, as you, 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 If you ask yourself, why don't you have peace? Why don't you have joy? Why don't you have hope? Because you haven't been faithful to God. Because you haven't been loyal to Him. Because He is faithful and He fulfills and He blesses. And He will give us victory. And He will put us on high. And He will have mercy on whoever He wants to have mercy on. And He will give us victory. And He will help us in the moments of anguish. In our moments of tribulation. And that's what it states in verse 11 of the same chapter, Deuteronomy 7. Therefore you shall keep the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which I command you to observe them. 
today. It is now, brothers and sisters. We must fulfill those commandments, statutes, and judgments now, my brothers and sisters. You've already learned. Now be a doer of that word. Be faithful with God because He is faithful to the promise He will make you. And that great gift, that great blessing that God has for all of us when He says that if we submit to Him and if we abide in Him, then rivers of living water will flow through us, meaning that He's going to baptize us. But aside from that, He says that this is the guarantee of salvation. What does that mean? That He has a great promise for all of us, which is eternal life. Let us fight for that eternal life. If you are faithful to God, then you will have a great reward, a great gift from God, eternal life. As long as we are in these bodies, we will receive blessing after blessings according to that faithful word that God has given us and according to His faithfulness or your faithfulness with God. It finally states that when you are faithful to God, you will see the powerful hand of God in everything that you do. Let us go to Psalm 101. Perhaps something that we can use to conclude this teaching in Psalm 101. Verse 6, Psalm 101, verse 6, it states, the word of the Lord states, My eyes, look what it states here, so that you may understand and value, because sometimes we say, it seems like God is far away from me, it seems like God doesn't look on me, it seems like God does not hear my prayers. Why do I go through these situations? Why do I go through these difficulties? And the Bible states here, Psalm 101 verse 6, My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. Notice this beautiful phrase, this beautiful verse. It states that God, His eyes shall be on the faithful of the land. But faithful to whom? To God, to His word, to His gospel, to His doctrine. That God is going to see your actions, your deeds, and He will notice that you are a faithful man, a loyal man, that you delight yourself doing the will of God. That as you have learned the doctrines, ordinances, judgments, you put them into practice. And you glorify God. And out of every moment, out of every situation that you live, you give the glory to God because you are faithful in your mind, because you are faithful in your thoughts, because you want those promises that God has made you to be fulfilled because you know that the word of God is faithful and that God is faithful with us. But as you become faithful to Him, and that's what God states, that they may dwell with me, you're going to feel like He's going to hug you. You're going to feel that you're spoiled by God. You're going to feel that privilege that whenever you pray to God, you cry out to God for any difficulty or problem that you go through, God will give you victory and God will bless you and God will tell you, I am with you. I do bless you. You will see my powerful hand. No matter how, what difficulty, problem, sickness you have or financial problem or at home, God will give us victory. Because God is faithful. Because God wants to bless us. But aside from that, there's another reward. It states here, He who walks in a perfect way, He shall serve me. As you become faithful to Him, to His doctrine, to His gospel, God will give you the blessing of His Holy Spirit. God will allow you to serve Him. And God will perfect you. What does that mean? 
that you will put off the old man because you have been faithful to his word. God will allow you to abandon or put sin behind and do God's will and submit to God. And therefore, God will give you a great reward. You will serve him. As you continue in this body, you will serve him with power, with the spiritual gifts. Gifts such as what? Like the gift of prophecy and working miracles, casting out demons. Because that is what God has for those who are faithful to him. He will comfort us as well. He will use us as human beings. Serving him. But who attains this? Those who are faithful. Those who are loyal with God. They will attain God's promises and they will always say, God truly is faithful. God fulfills His promises. God blesses me. God does live. God is here with me because that is the great blessing that God lives and that God wants to spoil us because God is good, because God is great, because God is merciful, because God is faithful. The glory be to our God. Let us pray, my brothers and sisters, with all due reverence. If you want, you can close your eyes. Lift up your arms as a sign of reverence to God and let us say, Good Father, great and wonderful God, you've always been faithful with human beings, but human beings have been hard-hearted. Look at the people of Israel, how they were, but we as your church, we want to be faithful and loyal to you so we can see your powerful hand in our lives. To see all of those blessings fulfilled, those promises that you have made us. That is why today, O oh Lord, we ask you to extend your powerful arm in this moment. Extend it, O oh Lord. And let it be you healing. Heal us from any infirmity, infirmity, pain, any illness, no matter how impossible it is to cure. But also, O oh Lord, let it be you destroying this pandemic. Now, O oh Lord, oh, let there be a vaccine so that we can go back to our normal lives. So we can congregate once again as your church, O oh good Father. I also ask you, O oh Lord, that you may heal us mentally, delivering us from witchcraft, sorcery, incantation, spells, remove all sadness. Lord, heal us mentally. Cleanse us. Give us the strength to continue forward to follow you. But also, Lord, I ask you, I pray for our households that there may be peace, understanding, Lord, help. Look at how many households are being destroyed. There's no patience. There's no comprehension, no understanding, no conversation. Lord, remove those unclean spirits. Destroy all the work of the devil who's trying to destroy these households, who's trying to destroy the good friendship that should exist between husband and wife or between the children and the respect of children towards their parents. Lord, there's a lot of intolerance. Or perhaps this, this quarantine that we've been going through has allowed... Many to not resist. Lord, help us. So we may have that understanding. So we may be able to obtain the victory. And there are many who are single, the Lord, or widows. And they have the promise in their love life. Lord, fulfill all of those promises. Materially speaking, look at how many companies have been destroyed. How many brothers and sisters have lost their companies or their businesses or their, their jobs. Oh Lord, I ask you for your mercy. Let it be you restoring this, oh Lord. And help us so that we're able to manage whatever much or little money we receive so we can always give you the honor and the glory. Be able to manage our money well. Everything you give us, O oh Lord, to be grateful with you, O oh Lord. 
to be content. And through the worship services that we're able to do at home, O oh Lord, bless us. Continue to baptize with your Holy Spirit. Continue pouring blessings and prepare us, O oh Lord, for your service. Help us take advantage of time to read the Bible. To take advantage every time our sister Maria Luisa gives us those teachings, O oh Lord. Fill us with your presence. Give us understanding, O oh Lord, the gospel, the doctrine, Lord. And bless your church worldwide. But have mercy of humanity, O oh Lord. And finish this pandemic soon. All of this we pray to you in the name of Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, may God bless you all. May God protect you. And until next time, 